Hello and welcome back to episode two of Sky Dome Sit Down. My name is Jacob, joined once again by Zane, and uh, it's been an interesting yeah. week of Blue Jays baseball. Uh, you know, it's uh, it, we're at that point in the season where you can go from you know half a game out of last place to half a game up on third place in a matter of days, and that's what happened for Toronto here as they closed out their series. Mm-hmm. Against the Oakland A's with a couple of wins and, uh, you know, a pretty emphatic win here on moving day. Obviously, you will be listening to this on Friday, but uh, a big Thursday afternoon win in Oakland. Uh, Zane, do you have any takeaways from from that game to get us started? Well, today's game, um, we definitely saw the offense back in uh, its usual form. Yeah. Uh even without George Springer, who is now on the injured list once again. And, and without without um, a big game from fall. Vladdy, too, right? He was, for the most part, shut down as yeah, well. Yeah, he went 0 for, 0 for 5. But, I believe he was yeah, 0 for 5. Yeah, he was. And, and they still managed to score double-digit runs. And they won the game, right? And I think... Ryu got them the win, and he, he didn't... Didn't have his best stuff, right? He didn't right? really have it. Yeah, but, he wasn't quite himself. No, but you know what? That's what this team is built to do, right? And but he pitched good enough. Yes, he 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 kept them in it. He gave them a chance. The bats woke up in the second half of the game, and you know when this lineup is firing like this, you can afford an 0 for five from Vladdy because uh, Randall Grichuk went off. He had he had a home run. He hit the two RBI double. I think he had five RBI on the game, and Simeon had a big day. You know his last game in Oakland, obviously going back to a stadium that. Uh, that he played in for many years. So it, it was great to see from that Blue Jays team to, you know, help their ace out with, with a little bit of support. And, you know, it's something that Ryu really hasn't gotten to this point in the year. So I'm glad they're finally able to do it and get him a win, despite him, you know, really yeah. showing some rust after he came off the IL. Yeah, Ryu got some, uh, I'm, very happy to see that he got some uh, run support finally. And even, yeah, like you said, even when he didn't have his best stuff, his command was a bit off. Um, kind of what I thought would happen, to be honest with you. I said last week uh, how I thought that the offense would start firing on all cylinders again and how the Jays pitching just needs to be good enough just in case, you know, like a pitcher like Ryu or Ray has a – not quite um is not quite uh up to their best game yeah i, I mean guess. pitchers can have off days and you can still win ball games yeah. right good teams find ways to win mm-hmm. ball games when their starting pitchers have an off day yeah and that's what i thought would happen and i'm glad to see that it did happen and uh the blue jays proved me right and i'm glad that um as long as the pitching can you know stay afloat and the offense can uh really start pulling their weight and uh, propelling the, the, this team to some wins. Uh, good things can definitely come out of this uh, Blue Jays squad. And I think it's going to be something we have to get used to with all the injuries that we've seen to pitchers, especially in the bullpen, which is still, and we'll talk about that next, pretty amazing with what they're dealing with injury-wise that they're still chugging along right now. But it's definitely going to be worth noting. Like when you have guys coming off the, off the IL, whether it's the 10 day or the 60 day, you're going to see some rust, especially with pitchers. And if you have a starter that's missing one or two starts, you know, that first start back, they might not have their stuff. Right. 
Um, and we saw that with, with Pearson in in the alternate site. Before the AAA season started, they had him throwing at the alternate site. And it was all like, ah, oh, he doesn't really look right. He, was, he wasn't, wasn't throwing a lot of strikes, wasn't throwing as hard as he can. And then he came out and he had what looked to be a pretty good performance in his AAA debut this year. He didn't go very deep into the game, but he struck a lot of guys out and he uh, he prevented runs. Yeah. So it, it's it's definitely something that we're going to notice going forward when you're dealing with so many injuries to your pitching staff that, hey, it might take them a game or two to get back into it, which is just going to put even more onus on the offense to go out there and show why people were projecting them to be one of the best offensive teams in the American League. So something I also want to talk about is you mentioned the bullpen earlier and Hyunjin Ryu, he gave up four earned runs. And after Hyunjin Ryu left the game, the bullpen, they didn't give anything up. The bullpen is still doing their thing. Uh, I thought they would have, you know, sort of come back down to earth by now, but uh, especially with all the injuries, like you said before, um, they're still finding a way to get outs and uh, it's, quite in it's very interesting to see to be perfectly honest with you. absolutely um as a team the earn run average has crept up a little bit and, and that was to be expected yeah. last week when we talked about it we knew it wasn't going to be sustainable yeah. but still in the top 10 of the league uh bullpen i believe is still in the top five in the league for era and if they can get that kind of production out of these guys it think about what it's going to be like when you get you know, Merriweather back in a month, right? When uh, when they get healthy and and two months. Well, but it, for for Merriweather, he uh, he's eligible to come off in just over a month. They they put him on the sixty not, day back not, back dated yeah, to not, the start sorry. to the start of his injury. So we should see Merriweather in a yeah, month or so. Forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, but it you know you look at what they've done and imagine what this bullpen would have looked like with Kirby Yates at the back end of it, right? So I. I I agree with you. It's pretty amazing to see because that was what I really think that was coming into the season expected to be the weakness of this Jays team. I think everyone knew the pitching wasn't going to be great, yeah. but specifically the bullpen. Cause I think everyone, a lot of people knew, oh, okay, well, I mean, you've got Ryu. He's one of the best in the league. Matt's and Robbie Ray both, you know, had really Matt's had an awful year last year. And I think most people would have expected him to bounce back in some way. And then Robbie Ray looked much better after he got to Toronto last year and then re-signing his work with the with the Blue Jays coaching staff and and what and Pete Walker and all that so I think the starting pitching for the most part people were thinking okay they might be able to get by but I I don't think anyone predicted they'd have a top That's 10 um, bullpen in the league better yet a top five bullpen yeah. in the league see this is why a lot um a lot of Blue Jays fans and ourselves included lobbied for the team to trade some of their outfield depth for another arm in the rotation because we really thought that um, it was our rotation that would pull a lot of the weight in terms of the pitching staff. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we had Yates on the back end and he would get us those saves. Um, but a, there was a lot of focus on the rotation with Ryu, Pearson, Mats, and Ray. And then Yates goes down and then all of a sudden Mats and Robbie Ray look yeah. really good. So then, the thoughts shifted probably by the end of spring training. Okay, maybe the rotation is going to be fine with Mats and, and Ray. What about the bullpen, right? What about the bullpen? But the bullpen's been great. Now, with that, I mean, we kind of touched on, a, on it a little bit already, but I want to take a look at some of these, these minor league arms, obviously, as, as the minor league season has gotten underway. 
we talked about Pearson. Um, he he's thrown in one game now in AAA after pitching a couple times at the alternate site. Uh, looking at his at his line here, he went three and two thirds, gave up four hits, only one run, struck out eight. I mean, obviously Pearson's a guy that the the Jays were expecting to be a part of their rotation this year, and he will be at some point for sure. But I think the yep. probably the most intriguing prospect is that of Alec Manoa. Um, so I oh, I was able to watch him pitch in Vancouver, who at the time was their short season single-A affiliate in 2019. So re- first-round pick right out of uh, West Virginia, went to Vancouver, saw him pitch, absolutely dominate a game at the at the short-season single-A level. Like, this dude's a monster. And then last year, no minor league season, but he shows up to camp this year. He impressed in his spring appearances with the Blue Jays, and they put him right into AAA, and he went six innings, gave up only two hits, no walks, 12 strikeouts, three hit batters, which I find interesting. Uh, having not watched that game, I don't know, maybe one or two of them may have been intentional, quote-unquote. But regardless, I, I could see Manoa being that guy who maybe comes up after the All-Star break and as a rookie just locks down a four or five spot in the rotation, right? That spot right now that's like, oh, well, it's an opener, it's a bullpen day. You know, okay, we'll throw Trent Thornton out for two innings. We'll throw Anthony Kay out for two innings. Maybe that's Manoa's start. And maybe it's Pearson's start. But I could see a guy like Manoa. I mean, he's he's already 23, right? He was drafted as a as a senior out of West Virginia. He's 6'6", 260. He is a man. Like, he, he, if he can, no. if he can sh- prove that he has command of his pitches... And that he can throw strikes at a triple A level, his stuff is good enough for the big leagues. Like he he throws hard, he's got movement, his stuff is good enough for the big leagues. Like it, it, you don't get picked eleventh overall if a team doesn't think you have the big league stuff, right? And it's just okay, maybe we got to yeah. develop the other parts of his game. Well, the other parts of his game are developing very quickly. So I'd love to see Alec Manoa in a Blue Jays uniform this year. And yeah, maybe he does lock down that spot in the rotation. Right. And, you know, you, you see Blue Jays playoff teams of the past having young players contribute. Right. Like uh, and, and maybe Stroman, and, Stroman Sanchez. and Sanchez, maybe maybe Manoa ends up uh, coming up and pitching out of the pen late in the season and in the playoffs like you saw out of Sanchez. Um, y- you never know. And I, I really do think we'll see both Pearson and Manoa sooner rather than later, especially if the injury bug keeps up. I'm, I'm, I was thinking that, um, I, I saw that, uh, the Blue Jays were hopefully just going to keep him in AAA for a couple weeks, kind of as like a rehab stint in Buffalo. So hopefully we'll, uh, we'll see Pearson back soon and pitching up with the Jays. For sure. And if we hop down to the double A level, Simeon Woods Richardson, uh, another one that's, I mean, I, I don't think we're going to see him this year, maybe as a September call up, no. but Man, like he he's he's twenty years old. He's got a lot of years ahead of him, and he's looking really good so far. Oh yeah, that uh, that return for my boy Marcus Stroman is it, it's looking a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm I, very excited. About I mean, a- Anthony K. I, sure. I still don't, we still don't know what Anthony K. is going to be, but man, Woods Richardson looks like a stud in the making. 
So yeah, his pitching line. Yeah, here we go. He got four innings, gave up four hits, three runs, but only one of them earned. Struck out eight. Uh, I mean, yeah, like I said, probably won't see him this year. But he's only twenty. Like, I, yeah. I, he's uh, he can really. Uh can really torment some people in double a this season and uh who knows maybe could he get the college triple a you never know yeah i mean we'll see i think possible I, I think it depends right on on the organizational depth ahead of him if manoa and pearson are both in the majors at some point then yeah sure but i i think for a guy like that leave him in double a let him finish a season out there you know especially for for these guys that didn't play last year right guys that were in the low levels of the minors didn't get a chance to be on a major league field or in a major league taxi squad. Okay. These guys just need to pl- we'll get to see. These guys just need to play. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It, no, no worries. Yeah. They, they just need to play. Right. <laughs> like, and, and if you're trying to deal with, Oh, maybe we should send him up to triple a, get him some time there, see how he does there. I think it's less important to try and rush a prospect up than it is to just let him play. If he has a great season in double a, Give him that spring training invite next year. Give him a chance to make the major league team then. Don't try and like move him up to AAA to see what you have because I think the Jays know what they have in Woods Richardson. And at this point, I would just let him, like you said, dominate the AA level and then see what he can bring to your team next year. Whereas Manoa and Pearson are guys that you're trying to get onto your team as soon as possible. Uh, also, um, Austin Martin has yet to play in, in the minor leagues uh, because of the, um, well, the fact that there was no minor league season. So he he's going to be another one who will be very interesting to see uh, suit up in the minor leagues, you know, especially after someone like Manoa went uh, from short season Vancouver. Um, right to AAA. Took the year yeah. off due to the, yeah, right to AAA. Yeah, so Mar- Martin's Martin's so gotten into. So it'll be interesting to see where they where they start. Martin. Yeah, he, so Martin Martin has gotten into two games at, at Double A already. Um, okay. He went. Uh, he's gone two for six, couple walks, no strikeouts yet. But uh, they do have him listed as a center fielder for the Fisher Cats. So um, we'll see. I think uh. I think it'll be important. <laughs> it'll be important to see where he's getting his playing time. And obviously, when he was drafted. Uh, out of Vanderbilt, he was playing shortstop, he was playing third, he was playing center, he was playing left. So we know he's versatile. Um, but yeah, he's listed listed on his minorleague.com player profile as a shortstop on the New Hampshire Fisher Cats uh, stats page listed as a center fielder. So definitely will be something to, that we can touch on, you know, maybe a few weeks down the road when we actually get some sample size behind some of these guys and really take yeah. a look at the Blue Jays' mm-hmm. top prospects. So actually, before we move on to something else here, I quickly want to jump back to today's game. And Zane, something that we we talked about last week, how the Jays were not being as aggressive on the base paths as they said they wanted to be. And really, this whole Oakland series, you've seen guys stealing bases, you've seen guys trying to take extra bases on hits, and it's finally getting to the point where the Jays are doing the things that they've talked about doing. And I think it helps that the bats have kind of woken up and they're not too concerned about, Oh, when are we getting our next base runner? I think, and I think they had the leadoff guy on all the way through the fifth inning uh, in, in Thursday's game. So when you have those base runners, you're actually able to do this on the base paths and be aggressive. Like we talked about. I think it's important that, um, 
you know, as the Blue Jays get base runners, that uh, they they are aggressive out there and uh, they want to put themselves into scoring position so that they can be driven in. This lineup can do that. And they've done it the entire, like pretty much most of the season. Uh, so if they can get guys in scoring position and they can get some stolen bases, they can advance on wild pitches or pass balls or anything like that. Um, it can definitely be the difference between a win and a loss to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. And when you're going to be aggressive, you have to be willing to take outs. Like in, in this, in this, in this matinee, in this matinee game, right. There was one instance where uh, I think Simeon got on, like he singled Bichette either sing. I think it was was, was Bichette's like little dinky infield single. Vlad comes up, he strikes out and then Bichette gets back picked at one. You know what? That's not ideal. But Randall Gritchick comes up, and he ended up he ended up hitting a home run right after. They still scored two runs, and then it set the table for them going forward. Right, like Bichette was still yeah. super aggressive on the bases after that. The whole team was still aggressive after that. So that's what I like to see. When okay, you made a mistake trying to be aggressive on the bases, but you didn't. They didn't let it hurt their process. Right, Montoyo was still yeah. calling for for the steals and still calling. And waving guys on, taking extra bases, despite the fact that they that they made a mistake, and that's something that earlier in the season yeah. we weren't seeing. We were seeing them either not try it, or if they did try it and it didn't work out, all of a sudden now it's super conservative, lock it down, just take what you can, don't get thrown out. So looking back out at the AL East, we did that at the end of last week's episode, and, and I definitely want to do it again because I think it does provide some good perspective. Uh, the Jays were able to split that series in Oakland, and that was huge. I think they, at one point after losing the first two, they had fallen, I think, only half a game up on Baltimore, and now they're back in the second place. So the AL East is still just as tight as it was last week when, when we last talked about it. But um, a lot's happening around the division. The Yankees had a little win streak going that, that just got snapped. Now Tampa's on a bit of a win streak. Baltimore is a game below 500, and John Means continued his great start to the season by throwing a no-hitter. So I wouldn't even count Baltimore out of it right yet. And I know they don't have the depth to compete with a team like the like the Yankees or, or the Jays, but, man, it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely interesting to see how close the AL East is compared to, say, the Central or even the West where, um, you know, Actually, you can't even say that about the West because Texas has rattled off a few in a row while the Angels have dropped four. So, uh, again, that's what happens when you talk about standings early in a season. But uh, definitely interesting to look at the AL East and see, well, you know, Boston still hasn't found a way to pull ahead yet. And then you've got a big clump of teams. You know, the other four are jockeying for positioning right behind them. Nobody's pulling away yet. It's interesting to see, honestly. Like, they're... Teams are just trading wins and losses right now. It's very back and forth still. And um, it, I'm even noticing that in other divisions too. Of course. And, um, and that's just... A lot of the other divisions are competitive and obviously we want to stay in the AL East here. But uh, it's just something interesting to point out. There's a lot of talented teams yeah, and in the in the majors this Of year. course. And, and when you look at, like I just said, when you look at standings a month and a half into a season, this is what you should expect. But um, 
you know, I, I see I see this division. The Jays have the best run differential. Baltimore is at a minus six. Tampa is at a minus one. Uh, the Jays are at plus 30, right? So I, I see that, and I don't have the expected record numbers up, but I would imagine the Jays are playing below their expected record. Uh, you know, the Jays are 7-4 and four at home, 9-10 and 10 on the road, but then you look at, at Tampa, who are 10-5 and five on the road, 7-10 and 10 at home, right? So it's just... I, I look at this and I'm like, okay, I could, if I was making a bet, I would say the Jays are probably better than, than they are right now. I'd say maybe Tampa's not as good as they are right now. And then the Yankees are 16 and 15, but man, I'm pretty scared. I'd be scared to be playing the Yankees right now because Giancarlo Stanton is playing like an MVP all of a sudden. And you, healthy Stanton is a dangerous Exactly. Player. And then you forget that the Yankees are still the Yankees, right? They have a deep team with superstar players, and if they can stay healthy and figure it out, I mean, they're not going to roll over, right? And and no. I think if you're the Jays, you need to take advantage of these games that you have early in the season because if you're trying to jockey with the Yankees, you're going to be playing a lot later in the year. Yeah. Uh, you want to have some cushion, right? These races are going to get tight. Yeah, I, I I expect at least two, if not three, playoff teams from the East. And I think to, oh, yeah. to get to get three, it's going to require some other teams around the American League to maybe drop off. But hey, Kansas City might not be able to sustain what they've done so far. Uh, a team like Seattle might not be able yeah, to. Yeah, starting to fall back. Right? So, so it's very possible that if Boston, Toronto, Tampa, and New York all play up to their potential that you're going to have a, a four teams above 500 in the AL East. And one of them's going to miss the playoffs. So I think we got time for one more topic here. And actually something that I want to touch on, uh, George Springer back on the IL. We'll elaborate on that a little bit, but yeah. we saw the Houston Astros head to New York in front of fans for the first time. And uh, they received a uh, very warm, Welcome. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, very hospitable. Yeah, just uh, some very friendly cheering and clapping from the from the Bronx Bombers faithful. Uh, of course not. It was a very family-friendly environment. Yes. Now, I bring that up because obviously Springer is going to miss his return to Houston, which I would have expected him, and I'm sure they still will give him some sort of tribute. Let him uh, acknowledge the fans in Houston where he... Uh, where he started his career, but he's yet to play uh, in New York. Obviously, he's uh, he was injured when the uh, Jays started the season there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, what are we going to expect from Springer as far as receptions go when he starts visiting some places around the league without wearing a Houston Astros jersey? Are people going to let him off the hook? Because, yes, you know, as Jays fans, we're happy we got Springer. But, I mean, you can't ignore the fact that he was on that 2017 Astros team. Uh, and what do you think? Do you think fans are going to... He was the World Series MVP. Yeah. Do you think fans are going to give him a... Hard to forget that. Do you think fans are going to give him a break because he's not in navy and orange anymore? Or do you think fans are going to remember and, and let him have it uh, every time he steps um, to the plate? I think they'll remember it... Uh... They'll remember it this season, maybe next, but 
I think as the years go on and as Springer spends more time in Toronto, um, and hopefully he starts to kind of, you know, erase that whole, you know, scandal kind of away from his image. Um, I, I don't, I don't necessarily want to say that people are going to forgive him, but maybe, you know, maybe he won't get uh, booed as much in New York or whenever he goes back to Los Angeles. Um, that's honestly kind of what I see happening out of it. It'll, it'll happen. Yeah. Of uh, it'll probably fizzle out after a little while. Yeah. I think you're right. He'll, he'll hear it the worst in, in New York because obviously that's, you know, that has the biggest impact. I can't really say the same. Yeah. I can't really say the same for the Houston Astros as a unit, but, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. In terms of George Springer, the individual himself. Yeah. I think, I, I, I think, I think you'll see him get booed in New York, but I mean, Hey, he was on that Astros team and now he's a blue Jay. He's a division a rival, people, but yeah, I think around Yankees get booed. In New yeah. York. I mean, around the league, you're not going to, I don't think you're going to see Springer receive the same kind of treatment that the guys that are still on the Houston Astros will just because yeah. he, he got up and left. Right. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not too worried. And, and I think, I think Springer, uh, I think Springer expects it. And at this point though, I just want to see him get healthy. Um, yeah. I mean, as much as we've praised Randall Gritchick for what he's done, like I, I want to see an outfield with Springer in, in center, Gritchick playing in right where he is more comfortable. And then, you know, you can rotate your guys through and left, whether it's Gurriel or Tay Oscar, you know, you can DH the other one. You know, you can throw Biggio out there for a game if you have to, but I, I just want that rock in center field, right? Because, you know, that's that's your you, – you look, Bichette has – you know, he's settled in at shortstop again. The uh, the defense is improving from where it was in the first two to three weeks of the season. That's your, that's your infield captain, and your center fielder is your outfield captain. And yeah. George Springer is – I mean, you just said he, he's a World Series MVP – He's a multi-time all-star. He's a good defender, and you want him out there. So, you know, yeah, it was great. We got to see him at DH for a few games. Hit a really hard home run. <laughs> drove in some runs. We got a. We've only gotten a taste of what uh, George exactly, and and for this team. and I I would trade, you know, three games with him at DH for him being healthy enough to play center field every day. So, you know, it, yeah. I I was hoping, hey, maybe it's just, they oh, they backdated the 10-day IL. He'll be back in a week. All is good. It sounds like it might even be longer than that. And I wish I heard and I wish the well, Jays, I wish the Jays would just come out and say what's wrong because he's not fatigued, right? They they said, okay, no. well, he, he came back from his injury from the quad and then it was just fatigue and then they need, he needed a couple days off. That's That's BS. Right, because you don't miss two weeks with fatigue. So obviously he's aggravated it, or it's no. something else. And obviously the Jays want to keep that tight to the vest. Yeah. You want and for fans, that's yeah. annoying. We want to know what's wrong. Yeah. We want to know when he's gonna be able to play again. Honestly, I'd rather hear the term load management than fatigue. To be honest with you. Yeah, I have I have no problem with them. You know, giving him a night off or taking him out of the outfield to DH. You know, as he's as he's adjusting to to playing every day again, but like, don't tell us that it's fatigue when he's hurt. Yeah. And 
I no. we just we just want some answers, right? He's he's that prized yeah. prized free agent acquisition. We want him playing. He wants to be playing too, of course. And uh, I don't know. And I think I think he's I think he's choked because he wanted to play in Houston, which is not going to happen yep. now. But even without him, the Jays are two games above five hundred. Their pitching is still near the top of the league. You've still got Vladdy out here, you know, in the top five percentile of almost all the advanced stats, like with his exit velocity, with his WOBA, with his WRC. You know, he's he is a top ten hitter in Major League Baseball, and there's absolutely no disputing that. And then you've seen Simeon come around. You've seen Bichette come around. You're seeing yeah. Teoscar come around after coming back from COVID. So... The Jays will be just fine without Springer playing every day, but man, do I want him playing every day. Um, it's it's really tough not to have a uh, fully healthy lineup because we didn't get to see very much of it. Exactly. Alejandro Kirk is now injured too. Um, our, our backup catcher who could have honestly he, he was pretty close, pretty close to starting. The starting yeah. catcher, yeah. And the way Jansen was hitting, yeah, and. Although Jansen's looking a lot better now. He had a home run today. He's had a couple base hits. He's broken out of his slump. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's tough. Injuries are part of the game. But the Jays haven't even come close to having their full lineup and full pitching staff healthy. And I understand that's rare. But you generally get close. And the Jays haven't even been close. So I think that's probably a good point to end it for another week. Uh, We've got some more exciting baseball coming up. The Jays head to Houston. Um, and obviously that Astros team, as we discussed, um, people are still upset, rightfully so. Uh, We won't get to see Springer return to Minute Maid Park, but it should still be a big series. And Houston, much like the Jays, are a team hovering right around 500, but still have expectations of being good. Um, Zane, any final thoughts before we head out for another week? You know what? I, I also want to mention the Jays are going to be in, in Atlanta next week, obviously. Oh, I know, I know I where you're going with this. Our buddy Sam. Yeah, yeah. I want to give a shout out to our buddy Sam. He's from Toronto. He's living in, in Atlanta right now. He's going to be at Truist Park next week, and he's going to be sitting above the Jays' bullpen. He's going to have a lot of fun. Yes, he will. We'll, uh, we'll all be living vicariously through him when we see him on, on Sportsnet with, holding up some sign or... Uh, Maybe double fisting a couple beers. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. He's Bring a Canadian flag or something. <laughs> I don't know. All right. So I think that's a good place to end it here. Uh, Zane, thanks for joining me once again. And uh, let's enjoy another week of Blue Jays baseball. And we'll chat with Looking you all again in about a week's time. See you next week.